0: What is up everybody welcome back to another episode of the rewired soul podcast it's your host Chris and the author that I had the pleasure of speaking to today is none other than Jill Busby but before I introduce her and talk about this upcoming conversation that I had with her that I absolutely love by the way real quick exciting announcement some big news okay some of you who follow me on social media which you all should be doing by the way at the rewired soul over on instagram and twitter you already saw the announcement this morning all right it was supposed to go up yesterday it's also why i didn't post this episode yesterday i was dealing with all sorts of technical issues but anyways i have released not one but two brand new books so a lot of you know that i do some writing myself. I have written uh, five books that I've self-published and I just released two more, but that's not the exciting part. Both of them are 100% free, all right? So if you want to check them out, head down to the description below. Uh, It's this little series that I'm starting with books. It's a collection of my writings and the series is called Rewire Your Life, all right? So keeping in the theme of my other books like Rewire Your Anger and Rewire Your Anxiety, Rewire Your Life is a bunch of writings that I've done kind of sharing, you know, personal experiences along with, you know, evidence-based, research that I gather from all the books that I read and everything, because as much as I love reading and learning, like I hope you all, you know, have seen this through the podcast episodes that I do and everything. I truly believe that everything that we read can help us in some way, shape or form and, you know, mental health and just Self-improvement is a, a major part of my life. And I know others struggle with, you know, their mental health, whether it's depression, anxiety, substance issues, dealing with relationships or whatever. So I've put together a bunch of my writings into these books and they're totally free. So check out the description down below if you want to grab them. Uh, they're available in just about every single ebook format. Um, soon I'll probably try to do some paperback stuff. Uh, those won't be free cause you know, you gotta make the books and stuff. But anyways, if you want to get the eBooks, it's available on like Kindle, Apple books. If any of you use like Kobo or any of those other platforms, they're available. All right. So head down to the description, check that out. And yeah, tell a friend. If you have friends, uh, who you think might benefit from some of these books, they're free. Share the news. Uh, they're at my Lincoln bio on Instagram and Twitter. Um, I made some posts, so if you want to share them on your social media, go for it, all right? But anyways, anyways, today, I had the honor of speaking with Jill Busby, all right? So she is the author of this brand new book, called Unfollow Me, and speaking of collections of writings, uh, I am nowhere near as good of a writer as Jill is, but her book Unfollow Me, it's a collection of personal essays. So I was introduced to Jill's work from... Uh, a previous guest, uh, another amazing author, Amanda Montell. I was following Amanda and saw one of her posts on Instagram about Jill Busby and her new book. And I went and I saw it. I'm like, this looks like an awesome book. And I started uh, researching Jill a little bit. I'm like, Jill seems like a pretty cool person. So I reached out to Jill. I'm like, yo, you got any review copies? She was cool enough to send me one over. And and yeah, I love the book. Her collection of essays, it dives into so many just great topics uh, around like race. And, you know, she discusses her experiences being, you know, uh, uh, a woman and having like male friends and, you know, having, you know, relationships like with her wife and, you know, how the public perceives that and conversations she has. But, you know, she has a very interesting backstory of, you know, growing this massive social media following and then people unfollowing her. And we talk about that in this episode and it's great i had a blast talking with her she's such a she's such an insightful person and one thing i love about jill too is that she reflects on her own you know thoughts and experiences a lot and yeah this was a really great conversation we got to talk about not being meat eaters as well and and we're not trying to preach to you but we just have an interesting conversation about it but i don't want to spoil everything from this conversation it was so great talking with her and yeah she's a really cool person as well so make sure down in the description as well make sure uh since jill has been unfollowed make sure you follow her over on instagram and social media and grab a copy of unfollow me like if you're into personal essays and stuff like that like this is one of my favorites so make sure you check it out all right but anyways without further ado here's my conversation with jill busby about her brand new book unfollow me All right. Hello, Jill. Thanks so much for joining me today. Yes, thank you for having me. Absolutely. So you sent me a copy of Unfollow Me. I loved I it. Did. I binged it. So for the people out there who are unfamiliar with you and what mm-hmm. this book is about, can you, can you kind of tell us like what inspired you to do this collection of essays?
1: Yeah, um, I had a post go viral on the internet uh, a few years ago. And um, through that sort of established the identity of Jill is Black, which is really, you know, the collection of all my greatest reactions, fears, um, ego-based learning things. Um, But basically I was talking about uh, race, which, you know, had just really started to take over um, the internet. Um, Mm -hmm. and I got in there at just the moment it had really gone down to like the idea of sort of an identity influencer, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and so perfect timing and got in that and realized, um, that, you know, sort of every game comes with a hierarchy, a winner, a loser, that Mm -hmm. people are benefiting from things that they claim to be suffering from. And sometimes they are, and they've weaponized the things that harm them um yeah. Against other people, and so there was a lot going on behind the scenes, and I became more interested with what was going on behind the scenes than what was very obviously playing out yeah. as theater in front of me. um So I became more interested in us than them. I guess you should say. Yeah, I should
0: say. Yeah, it's it, it's crazy too. Like uh like I was introduced to your stuff by uh, Amanda Montell. I was like, oh, who's this? I'm like, oh, this, mm-hmm. this is pretty cool. <laughs> so like one of the things and I'm, I'm nowhere near huge. Like I have like 81,000 over on YouTube, and I had this kind of yeah. experience where things like blew up and, you know, it's something that like not a ton of people can relate to, but you talk about this in the book, like, how was it going from just like talking about things and sharing your opinions mm-hmm. to a ton of people seeing every word you say, like, how does that shift? Like, did you start censoring yourself? Did you start playing into that identity and what blew it up a little bit more? Like, yeah. how does that, how did that change for you? Oh, there's
1: so many ways. Amanda perfect. Montel is a, a perfect sequitur for this conversation because um, her latest book, Cultish, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're all really, I feel like we're looking for someone who's not going to bullshit us, who's going to be honest. The idea of a person who hasn't figured out enough where we can trust them, even if we don't know them. Mm -hmm. And I think the internet has allowed us to really get into people and their ideas and the idea of them existing as a larger, bigger, more aware thing than we are. And Mm -hmm. so what I started to see was that by speaking in this way, in this monologue where I wasn't being my whole self or any self at all, I was just Mm -hmm. repeating what people wanted to hear or claim they needed to hear. Um... You know, it it took on a life of its own where I realized we were really just looking for a type of connection that we refused to give ourselves out of fear. And uh, Mm -hmm. it was really scary to become the sort of image of that desire, Uh, but I become it for myself. So I also understood it. Um, But it's yeah, it's a strange place to be. I did start censoring because I also am giving in to this connection, and I want to be perceived as the person that you know people could trust mm-hmm. and like and agree with and say, Oh, you're my friend in my head. I liked all that too. Of course, yep. I did. it so I'm now like, Oh, but they wouldn't want me to say this. Oh, they would want me to say that. And I tried really, really hard to continue saying what I meant, but there's almost no way to not like soften a blow, you know. And then over time, it's so soft that you can't even hold it up anymore. So I mm-hmm. just, um, yeah, but. I, I would say that I was at like a, a good 64% only because I have accountability partners in my life being like, we're not yeah. letting you say just anything out here. But it was, yeah, there were some days and uh,
0: that's hard. Yeah, it's, it's, hard. it's hard. I think it's hard too for people to be like self-aware of it too. So like I'm probably more on Twitter now than I am Instagram and just watching yeah. and like you see a lot of people who they blow up for something that they said or did and then they go like a thousand percent into it and i'm (laughs) constantly looking at it i'm like is this even you like do you really have that opinion Mm -hmm. or are you doing it for the likes and you start seeing the community that kind of builds around them for saying these things and it's it's wild and you know i've had people on here and i've kind of i've kind of i was thinking about this earlier this morning i've kind of asked them but like Who's gonna come on here and be like, "No, that's a bullshit persona I put on." You know, I mean? like <laughs> <laughs> I'm never gonna get a straight answer from it, but I'm always thinking about that. But uh, you know, I you know maybe it's because I'm a recovering addict. But I think about how mm-hmm. like confirmation bias is so addictive. Like yeah. you're talking about those kind of parasocial relationships and people like hearing things they want. And yeah. like, I'm curious, like your thoughts around this, like with these kind of relationships. Do you think? you think it's somebody like when they're looking at like an influencer, is somebody saying what they believe is the truth or saying what they wish they could say? You know what I mean? Like, what do you think that is or or is it they can say it better than they can and put their mm. thoughts into words? You know what I mean? Yeah, I think it's all of it.
1: I think people. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> follow for different reasons. Um, I think that everybody's getting kind of a different thing met depending on what they need out in the whole wide world, right? So they mm-hmm. come to the internet to get it met. And some people I feel like we were genuinely connecting around just what the on paper of what I was saying. We agreed politically or socially. Um mm-hmm. there were people who liked the way that I said it. There were people who were attracted to the confidence that, you know, mm-hmm. they were thinking I was saying it with. Um People attracted to the writing, people attracted to the humor. There were all kinds of different reasons for them to be there. But I think what is true is that once we put it into another person, we are no longer seeking it within ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and the person who's doing it isn't either. So, luckily, we've all got each other in this mess because um, they stop too, and now they're catering to you, whether they their ego allows them to admit it or not. I think the influencer mm-hmm. likes to say, "Oh, I just have this," because people like what. I, sure but you're you're yeah. you're feeding them too like it's yeah. it's a reciprocal kind of uh well there are a lot of different words that we could call it but relationship
0: yeah. yeah it's yeah it's it's definitely it's it's really interesting too and like i, I it's it's hard because the average person it's hard for them to understand it until it happens. But like, I'm also curious, too. And I I do want to talk about ego, too, because you touch on that in the book, too. Mm-hmm. And that's something I had to take a hard look at when my stuff started blowing up. And, uh-huh. I, and I, I had some good accountability partners, like my lovely yeah. girlfriend, uh-huh. who wasn't afraid to tell me some shit. Good for, but her. I, <laughs> good for her. But with the title of the book, Unfollow Me, like that's like kind of like a powerful thing when we're all like trying to grow followers. What what made you go with that title? So the, the title
1: book? um Well, there are two answers because there's the, like, destiny answer of, of course, (laughs) it's this. And then, um, so I was sitting with my editor. The book title used to be Sorry to Disappoint, um, Mm. which I hadn't put a lot of thought into, honestly. So I wasn't wasn't really connected to it. But we were sitting, in fact, I was sitting right here. We're on the phone. And she's like, you know, we need a new title. I'm like, yeah, we do. And we're bouncing it back and forth. And I think in my head... um, I used to end speaking engagements with, you can follow me or unfollow me. Jill, it was Jill is Black, and then Jill Louise Busby, and I was like, it can't be unfollow me, right? And she's like, why can't it be unfollow me? And from there, she's like, okay, no, it's unfollow me. And then the essays on complicity uh, was all her. And so... Um, that is, that is the answer, but I think it was always meant to be because that's the greatest fear. You know, once you give in to the machine of social media, it's like, how do you keep this mm-hmm. alive and the mass unfollowing, they show us that even in our media, the numbers just dropping yeah. into this and it's pandemonium. And, um, so it's, it's the idea of a mass unfollowing a couple people, you know, you lose some, you gain some you yeah. kind of stay steady on the internet, but the idea that everyone turns on you on this phone you know mm-hmm. that's that's the fear
0: yeah it's 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 interesting there's all sorts of uh articles there was a recent one to uh a bunch of stuff about like instagram specifically about how it mm-hmm. affects mental health and like they know and i'm curious your thoughts on this like with that kind of like seeing like a mass Unfollowing, like I went from a hundred thousand subscribers and I've been chilling at about 81. Uh-huh, right. And just uh-huh. seeing that number go down. And it's hard not to let comments or the lack, like it's hard to detach that from who you are and yeah. your self-worth. Yeah. And, you know, but the they're saying that a lot of this stuff when we go to social media for the likes and the comments. And a lot of people are dealing with that just like with their local like friends and family, right? Mm-hmm. They're not on with all these strangers. So for you, I'm wondering if it's given you like some resilience at all or strength? Have you seen like, you know, just a ton of people drop? So now mm-hmm. is it like not as significant? Uh, it was maybe like
1: 20,000 Yeah. After, um, after I announced that I was married and it was to a woman. Because I had a demographic of followers who were um, militant in a way where they felt like queerness was not on the table. Mm. Um, And that what I was saying, I mean, they were ignoring kind of an elephant in the room. So why are they doing that? Uh, (laughs) They're doing it because they're agreeing with what I'm saying, but they're not agreeing with who I am. Mm -hmm. And they were stuck in a conundrum. And once I out myself, which, you know, was confusing because I was never in. Um, (laughs) they had a choice to make and they, I could see the confusion of like, but I still agree with you. How can this be the case? So that was, that was a whole interesting thing, even for me. Um, and the fact that I had held on for so long to them also, because I felt like, oh, I have this audience that other people like me don't have, and I'm going to speak to them and it's going to be, I don't know. I, the mass unfollowing you can really, fig- your ego can figure out a way to do almost anything. So eventually I got an ego around not showing up to the internet and not caring that they were driving, you know? So it's <laughs> right. like, oh, you always got to watch out because you're always tricking yourself because it was like, well, now mm-hmm. I'm being called smart for not showing up. Mm-hmm. And I can just get into that if I want to. Uh, I was yeah. like, oh, the internet's not cool enough for me. Y'all still like that? I'm over it, you know? So it's it's a constant battle. But yeah, I mean, my mother always told me this isn't going to get that big that's just not what this is you know so get yeah. comfortable with that when the numbers were rising and she was like you won't cross a 100,000 and she just kept saying it i was like why are you saying that's this to awesome. me we are like auto roll let's do it <laughs> yeah. and she was like no it won't and it never did so thanks mom i could we could have a different life but you didn't want it so yeah here we are.
0: maybe she jinxed it herself <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, since I, I'm new to your stuff, uh, you, yeah. you said that you like kind of started blowing up, uh, talking about like race and stuff. You talk a mm-hmm. lot about that in the book and you said like, it was, so this was a few years ago, you said like when, when that started going on. And so me, me personally, mm-hmm. like, so I'm half black and mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of my close circle of fame like my dad he grew up in central California in like mm-hmm. farm area he's a very white whitewash guy he doesn't listen to this podcast so he'll be fine with me <laughs> saying that but anyways gotcha. I uh you know I started really seeing all these issues yeah. you know and talking with you know family members and stuff and I'm like oh wow so you know I've been educating myself a lot because I'm white passing obviously mm-hmm. right so I mm-hmm. don't I don't have a lot of this shit to deal with but what what kind of sparked this like a few years ago and things have escalated quite a bit Mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. know so how like how has that changed like what you know since you started talking about this very publicly yeah
1: you know I was never really into talking about the obvious things that we were saying right Mm -hmm. I really love to talk about liberals that was kind of my (laughs) bread and butter was being like you know, just my, my personal interest is always on like hypocrisy or the ways that we're saying one thing, but mean another, or doing another, or how mm-hmm. we develop persona. So obviously that's going to leave me in the liberal camp. So my, um, my analysis was all there. And so I, this feels what's happening on the internet now feels different from what I was doing anyway, because mm-hmm. I was looking at a group of allies who would change over time say like oh no we're with you but i'm like no you're you're loving this attention you love the word privilege like you love it you know and i'm not i'm watching you love it so i'm gonna say it um, and I don't care how many books you read about it. I'm watching you say it like it's a status symbol,
0: yeah,
1: right. So you know, I, th- that's the kind of stuff that I was interested in. Um, and people be like, why are you wasting this time on this group that's trying or whatever That's why I'm wasting my time on a group that's supposedly trying. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it's obviously once money, fame, ego gets involved, things will change and change quickly. And now you have a market um for this sort of education and these jobs and mm-hmm. now they pay enough money and now you can get famous and be on the magazine for being an activist things have um you know everything's for sale so yeah. th- that always influences everything more than an influencer ever can the money is this huge
0: yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm curious your thoughts about this. Uh, you know, like there's there's so much conversation around like Robin D'Angelo stuff and Ibram X. Kendi. Mm-hmm. And like I read Robin D'Angelo's first book. Like I didn't mean, like I, I'm so out of the loop with stuff. I like read it. I'm like, OK, all right. This is all right. Right. And yeah, then I realize sure. like there's a lot of shit about her. I'm like, oh, OK, <laughs> so I read her recent book. But a lot of her stuff is talking about liberal white women, yeah, yeah. right? So, you know, you you discuss this a bit in the, in the book, but like, do you, do you still see it as bad or do you feel like, like people are kind of like waking up to recognizing this kind of like, uh, you know, hypocrisy and like doing things, Mm -hmm. but saying that, but saying they're an ally, like you talk about, there's a ton in the book Mm -hmm. and has it gotten better over the years. Is there more self-awareness or anything from your perspective? Maybe.
1: Um, (laughs) (laughs) I don't, I can't tell. And if somebody can, please tell me. Um, I can't quite tell. I think, I think so because I'm starting to see that people are kind of personally unhappy with how they've decided they're going to show up and their need for self-care has intensified. And now <laughs> they're getting all of this fatigue. from. All- so I think now that people are starting to feel a different impact other than, oh, maybe I'm a great person. Mm -hmm. then we can start to do different work because as as I start to have these kinds of conversations I'm starting to see a little bit more like okay fine I'm lying about this okay Mm -hmm. fine this isn't making me feel okay fine that's why I'm in the comments section so maybe I I have no idea um I don't Mm -hmm. know where the data is that says that allies or whoever has stopped lying about this thing and has now started lying about something else (laughs) I think (laughs) what's What's really, really true is that we are all scared in a chaotic society um, of remaining at least where we are, at least where we are, all of us, and are scared of the idea of something, of becoming something that we get to say is beneath us in this culture. Mm -hmm. So I think I'm more interested now in saying, hey, white liberal people, will you just admit that you are still vying for your position while also feeling this guilt about how you get it. Mm -hmm. And that these two things aren't interacting very well yet. That's it, you know? And if that makes you defensive at this point, I'm like, but that's what I'm doing. I have all kinds of intersections that I've shaped and bent and tried to do so that I can stay where I am or try to get more of it. It's not unrelatable, it's just dangerous.
0: Yeah. It, it, you know, this is something, you know, I, I think about a lot. I've had some authors on here like I, I'm just really interested in like signaling. Right. Like you're kind of uh-huh. saying like like the, the signal. But it's like, but what do you do it right? right? Like you could right. say like, you know, I have privilege or I have this all the time. But what are you willing to give up? You mm-hmm. know, and that's something I have to ask myself as well and i got really into like effective altruism and that totally messed my head up mm-hmm. because it's like you know give 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 and you should only have this much yeah. and it's like why aren't yeah. you doing more and that screws up that screws yeah. my head too but i'm i'm looking at it uh you know especially on the internet i'm like is this legit or are you just signaling and then okay. the question is that really gets me in some crazy rabbit hole in my mind it's like do you even realize that that's <laughs> just a signal or are you actually you know buying into mm. it but you know, uh, something that you discussed in there too is that you were a diversity and inclusion yeah. educator. Are you still doing that work? Or that was a- that uh, was... No, no, I'm I'm
1: not. Um, I did it for many years with my mother in the California Bay Area. And this was before it was like popular, right? Yeah. So it, like, <laughs> you know, some people would get it and it was a nice like nonprofit thing to check out off for the grant, but it wasn't popular like it is now. Yeah. Um. And so, and we had Barack, so everybody thought that life was fine. And we were in the upswing and lo and behold, um, and not the way we think. So everything was fine. And so we went in and did training during a time when everything was supposedly fine, even though it was a disaster. And then we get this big obvious guy in there who Mm -hmm. now everybody is panicking. Um, I'm sure it's very different. When I was doing it, it was definitely a requirement of Mm -hmm. something. And then what people said to you and did in there was still a little more open because they hadn't been scripted around what to say completely yet. I imagine it sounds different now because the internet and books and all these things have taught people, well, don't say that in public. Don't Mm -hmm. say this thing to your black coworker. Don't say, you know, so it's probably a little different. I wonder if it's as effective, if it's um, less honest. Or more scripted, Um, but we like scripts now, so we'll see how it goes.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's 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 interesting too, especially in the last year. You see a bunch of companies like, man, you could probably be a millionaire doing that stuff now, like at Pepsi and Starbucks Uh and stuff. You sure can. (laughs) Don't forget it. You sure can. Did you see like any legitimate change, like in people? Like, did you see people like having aha? But some of, uh, you know, uh, what I've been kind of looking at is like they say that some of this isn't even that effective right like it might give like a short-term change Mm -hmm. but overall there's not this like huge shift in their perception but since you were in it and educating Mm -hmm. people like did you see any of those shifts or like anything like that
1: i mean sure like people have to make it through their jobs like there's this part of society that feels inevitable where we got to make it and the making it is made harder when people aren't following some of these rules, whether they mean them or not. You're just like, please don't have me show up to this place and you're doing this thing. So I think there's been improvement interpersonally Uh, for some people. I think you can say more. Um, Mm -hmm. I think you can say more than you could before. (sighs) Again, I, I don't know. I think What I will go back to is myself. I had an aha moment. Mm. And if I can start doing work that allows for me to say that I've connected with people that I didn't think I would connect with. I've thought things that I never thought I would think. I've undone stuff I thought I would believe forever. And it has allowed me to talk to people in a way that is more honest and earnest. Mm -hmm. And I'm learning more about myself through meeting people I'm not supposed to talk to, whatever that means, Mm -hmm. um, or that I deserve more than to talk to whatever that means i'm a happier person to diversify who i'm talking to and that's Mm -hmm. the only proof i need of anything and then if i in turn do my work around that and and also say hey i did this before i was in there Mm i benefited from this thing and here's how i did not benefit from that thing and i do that in public then i just feel like i'm doing at least you know there's more work to do always but when it comes to the internet i'm only worried about my own aha moment and if that inspires somebody else's then fine but i'm not concerned with them anymore i have so much stuff myself that's so ridiculous that i'm like who who are you to think this about everybody just yeah this person Mm -hmm. should be doing this and they are you serious? And you have all yeah. of this stuff that you're doing in your personal life and you're this mm-hmm. like, lies that you're telling ways you're not being yourself. I, I am consumed by what I need to do and how that will affect the people around me.
0: And I hope that they're doing that work also mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. So let's, let's sit on that aha moment for a minute because I, and hopefully we can inspire some people, Jill, because I, I can't figure it out. I'm always like, we hold on to beliefs, like, Mm -hmm. like crazy. Right. And, you know, for me, you know, I always talk about how it's like fortunate, unfortunate that I was like a drug addict. But Mm -hmm. back in 2012, when I got sober, sober at this aha moment, I'm like, huh. Maybe I'm not the smartest dude on earth and maybe I'm not always right. You know, mm-hmm. especially because I was destroying my life with drugs. So I had an easier path to that. aha moment. it's kind of right. simple to be like, Hey, maybe this isn't the best idea. <laughs> I right? like the word easier. Yeah. That's really how you feel about it, which is yeah. fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Cause it was like right in my face. Right. Yeah. But yeah. you know, I, I see this in, you know, people were, were raised a certain way. We had these beliefs and mm-hmm. like you're talking about, I see one of the biggest issues I still trying to recognize when I do it, um, like I see somebody and I automatically put them in a box. Right. Yeah. I see somebody who looks a certain way or they're, you know, affiliated with a, you know, a certain party or they're hanging out with certain people. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, you check all these boxes. It's who you are. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I haven't even talked to this person yet. Right. And, you know, it it's it's difficult. Like when you're talking about like having conversations mm-hmm. with people you didn't think. And you know, I try to bring Literally everybody on this podcast. Like, I don't think I'll ever bring like a Nazi, right? But I brought Mm -hmm. like conservatives on. I brought Mm -hmm. super progressive people, activists, whatever. Cause I just like talking and seeing like, where do you, where are you coming from? What brought you to this place? So, anyways, anyways. Yeah. So we can try to inspire what, what brought your aha moment and how do you, how do you do this? How do you have these difficult conversations with people you're Mm -hmm. not supposed to agree with or like? Like, what, what,
1: what does that take? Yeah. I mean, you have, like, brilliant people on this show all the time who have all kinds of, like, <laughs> great research and data, all all the things. That's <laughs> that's why it's so fantastic. Um, I've learned so much that I think what I can offer is, like, <sighs> I feel really conflicted really quickly, you know? And that's, like, a hard place for me to be in my body. I'm just like, oh, you're lying about something. I can feel mm-hmm. it. And... So I just think that I got so unhappy that there was nothing else other than some something else, you know, it couldn't be right if it made me feel like this. And so I was so Mm. concerned about being right about everything and then right in public, which is a whole nother ballgame. Right. So then I need other people to agree that I'm right. It got so lonely. I was so scared to be myself or that people would figure out who I really was, which Mm -hmm. is who I really am, that there was nothing else. But like, all right, let me read this book by this guy I'm not supposed to be reading about, you know, this stuff. Uh, I read um, a book by Stuart Wilde. There's a guy that I followed and. um, looking that up what's the name uh-huh. of the book <laughs> it's like a little people would say it's a little wild and out there but <laughs> that's what i need and that's how i am and so yeah. he was like you know he was sarcastic and funny about ego and purpose and yeah. like he talked to me in this book in a way that was no bullshit that i like yeah. and so it was an invitation into like you're unhappy so you're right, but you're really unhappy. What are you going to do? And mm-hmm. he locked me and it was perfect. Um, So I think something for everyone. But what else? I mean, we're we're really here. <laughs> you know, we're mm-hmm. really here. And I don't think anybody is here to know everything.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: we're just walking around like, well, I just happened to be born knowing this thing for sure. Yeah. It's so arrogant and it's so ridiculous and I don't know, and things change and we'll watch ourselves change and feel the next thing with just as much intensity, even though we just said the last thing was wrong. So, you know, I'm like Mm -hmm. in this new place, I'm like, well, this is totally right now. You know, Mm -hmm. the last thing wasn't right. So I think cutting off that evolution, like the natural evolution out of shame or guilt or jealousy of what other people have when we don't have to see their entire lives, whatever it is, it's, um, hopefully you get unhappy enough to recognize um that it is an easier route uh sometimes just be oh good this is so big that i can't help it and i think getting into this was quick for me Mm -hmm. and much it happened a lot more quickly than it would have without a 2d image of myself spouting fear Mm
0: -hmm. yeah yeah that that's what's crazy too like because with with us addicts, they talk about that rock bottom. Cause uh-huh. once you hit that bottom and you're just totally unhappy, it's like, all right, you know, uh, like uh, you know, I had many Stuart Wilds around me when I uh-huh. got sober. Just yeah. people like my mom, she was sober seven years, helped me get sober. And she's this little feisty Sicilian woman. She has a uh-huh. PhD, a lot smarter than me, and she'll just talk some shit to me, right? <laughs> and uh-huh. you know, you know, something that they always told me was like. Okay, like you're you're stuck in this idea, but how's that working for you? Right. right and I right. look around, everybody else is smiling, having a good time. And I'm sitting here like, no, I'm gonna hold on to this belief. Yeah. And it's like, but my life sucks. Yeah. And and it's really weird because you see it's almost like people get comfortable in that misery. Like when mm-hmm. I see these people just just perpetually angry, especially online, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, Do you do you like this? Like, are yeah. are you getting any joy? And if not. What what what's stopping you from changing? But also, I think about you know, with all the not just polarization, but you know, I've had people on, uh, mm-hmm. you know, who we talked about QAnon and like conspiracy theorists, mm-hmm. and a lot of it gets wrapped up in the identity. So I guess that's a question for you mm-hmm. too. Like, you know, you had kind of this online community, right? Mm-hmm. Because one mm-hmm. of the big fears is that if we change these things or change some of our beliefs, yeah. other people are going to leave, right? Right. right. So. So how do you how do you deal with that? Because when you got to admit certain things or change a belief, there might yeah. be someone in your life who's like, mm-hmm. "Uh oh, you know what I mean." So how do you yeah. how do you manage that? Oh, oh, jeez,
1: that's Let's hard. Because I mean. They'll tell you, well, you'll find new people. But you don't believe that shit. Like yeah. You're like, no, right now I'm super lonely. I'm not going to find anybody. And I'm the only one who believes this way because I'm so smart. Um, so there you are in your new conundrum. And I think what happened was I, the people that I was getting to talk to, while I was being more honest, I liked them. <laughs> they allowed me to be myself. I was less scared that I would mm-hmm. reveal something about myself and they would leave. If we're in relationships, no matter how intimate or if they're all online and you are scared that something that is true about you will make someone leave, then you're not in a relationship at all. And so, yeah, I'm in a sure I'm followed by this many people. And if they find out that I'm married, if they find out that I feel this way, if they find out that I talk to this person on the Internet that I'm Mm -hmm. not supposed to talk to, if they find out that my friend is this guy. Then we're not doing any, like, that I'm not getting anything from that. And by the time I reveal the truth and meet the new person, I'm already in better shape because I get to start as that version of myself, which is already more honest than I was before. So I've gotten to have a conversation like this, which I would not have gotten to have as Jill is Black because I couldn't have talked to you about anything. So, you know, it really has gotten better, but I had to trust that it would. Um, mm-hmm. And I was immediately supported in a new purpose, but I didn't always believe that I would be.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I, I just, I, I hope everybody listening they, they clip that part. Like that's, that's so huge. Just if somebody's hanging out with you or in yeah. your circle and they find out a part of you, and then they, they they bounce like, okay, good riddance. You just, you just filtered yourself out of here, right. you know, because it, it takes a lot of work, like having that mask on. Like I, that was one of my issues, like growing up. And I was so depressed and anxious because mm-hmm. I was, uh, you know, like this social chameleon. I was always trying to change mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. you know, pleasing people and stuff like that and trying to make sure that, you know, and, and now I, I, you know, I try to be as real as possible, but I also try not to be a dick about it. I try not uh-huh. to hopefully piss people off on perfect city more. Oh, but, something i had in my notes i have to talk to you about because you might be the first fellow non-meat eater on the podcast <laughs> oh so, wow. yeah so and yeah i'm like oh she's vegan so i don't judge uh-huh. me i'm only a vegetarian i'll All take right? it okay cool how long have you been vegan by the way
1: um so it would be going on 13 years and in, in january yeah and my whole family right because this is this is the kind of support uh, that we're talking about here. So <laughs> yeah. my mother and my brother, which I consider my whole family at this point, um, we're all vegans. Um, and, you know, that's the kind of thing that stayed really obviously consistent for me. And um, yeah, I I, it just doesn't work for me. You know, I'm also seeing a lot of conversations online about that. And that's never a conversation that I've necessarily been in. But I'm like, yeah. Woo, extremes in either direction. And not just the extreme of like living out what you say you believe in, because I believe in that. Mm-hmm. But I think it's the extreme of what you think it makes you, how smart, how righteous, how, and also what it makes the other people. So, so yeah. I'm just like, oh, we can't talk to each other at all about anything and we're just going to lose each other. But uh, yeah, I, I love being a vegan. Um, So in that respect, it's definitely working for me because I love it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, God, I can't even remember. I'm coming up on maybe four years vegetarian. Uh, cause my mm-hmm. girlfriend, well, my girlfriend and my best friend, she's from like Long Beach, California and stuff. I, well, I, it's just like but yeah, they're like, Oh, why don't you, I was like, okay, I'll try it for a month. Right. Uh-huh. And I, I wasn't eating meat. Uh, it was mainly cause uh, when I, when I was an addict, I messed up my heart. So mm-hmm. man, I was like, I'll try and mm-hmm. see if mm-hmm. it helps with my blood pressure. But then unless like 10, mm-hmm. 15 pounds in the first month, I'm like, all right, sign me up right look like, yeah. yeah but when you I know everything but i want to say that like i also
1: understand the frustration as we get into sort of a trendy vegan-ness where you know mm. you're not allowed to ever say what's happening so back to everything is for sale you know some of this vegan stuff i'm like whoa what is all of this we're doing like what so. things? oh you know we're i won't call anybody out by name but like (laughs) when we're starting to just eat gmos and food from a lab completely or whatever we still want to ask some some questions because it's Mm. like they're replacing everything people are still making a lot of money and to me that's always a signal that we should be paying attention to what's going on even if you're cool with people making that kind of money that's fine but still pay Mm -hmm. attention to what it means is happening yeah and so the takeover Uh, has been really interesting to watch. Now it's convenient for me. I'm like, sure, times are easy, but I am curious about it. So I never want to take on an identity and then just sit there in that Mm -hmm. place where I have to cover my eyes and not see what's in front of me. I do understand the arguments about saying like, look, some of this is not healthy and you're right. Some of everybody's food is not healthy. Mm -hmm. Welcome to where we live. So, you know, I do want to say, identities can get so intense
0: that we can no longer
1: talk about them. And I don't want to be that kind mm-hmm. of person either. But if yeah. you feel better, then you feel better.
0: Yeah, I, absolutely. That's something I'm actually trying to teach my son as well. Because like I said, I started out on this this whole meatless thing just uh, as a health thing and, you know, mm-hmm. pressure for my girlfriend and friend. Right. Mm-hmm. But then I started learning about, you know, the climate issues that come from yeah, factory yeah. farming. and And like you said when people are making a ton of money, that should mm-hmm. send some kind of alarm bell, right? Just a little way. Just a little. Just, one. just a little, So to, to kind of look at it and stuff like that. And, mm-hmm. you know, then, then, I don't even know if we, we, we have time to dive into this discussion. Like, how do you balance, how do you balance the, like, the climate issues, the animal cruelty mm. issues versus somebody making some money? You see mm. what I mean? There's mm-hmm. a few things and mm-hmm. now it's like, all right, but is it like a fair trade-off? Oh you know, yeah, I think about this all the time. Oh, so how of do you, course, that's
1: everything. That? That's everything. This is what I get when I say, "Oh, social media." People ask me all the time, Jill, do you still believe in social media? Do you think anything good? That's like the question, and it's it's a it's a good question. I understand the question. It's just like it's going to be the same every time. What is the trade-off? I can mm-hmm. obviously name great things that social media has done for people. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're looking at just how. How much? How much do you want to trade? What is the benefit to you? Does it outweigh all of this that we've got?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't know. Um, I, I I don't know. For me, no. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, no. But somebody might have a different answer, and they might have a personal story. It's like, look, this thing saved my life, and like, so I can't get in the way of that. But my mm-hmm. answer is no, not for me. But then that's not true because without the internet. I wouldn't have this book, you mm-hmm. know, or I wouldn't have it. Well, I certainly wouldn't have the subject matter. So even if I wrote some book, it wouldn't be this one. Yeah. Um, And I happen to like my book and I think that <laughs> the timeliness of it works and it's the kind of work I want to be doing. So I can say that, but then here I am talking to you. Mm-hmm. I really, I really don't know, but I think we should always be assessing how much we're gaining over what we're losing. And I, I don't think it's unfair to ask people to be doing that. It's not a killjoy to say, can you just look at what yeah. this is doing to other people? Maybe who aren't you?
0: Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, you know, from, you know, just kind of like like I just love like human behavior and just kind of looking like, oh, that's weird. Mm-hmm. And. And it feels like just, you know, with everything, not just, you know, whether you're not you eat meat or social media feels like a lot of us just purposely block some stuff out. Like, I don't want to look at that part. You know, I just want to, mm-hmm. I want to sit here. You know, I want to, you know, eat this or do this and not worry about where it came from. I want to use yeah. my, I want to use my phone and wear my clothes and not worry about right, what kid right. in another country <laughs> made it. And you know, that, that makes uh-huh. my life easier. But you know, uh, uh, it, here's here's something that i talk about with my girlfriend a lot and mm-hmm. i've never talked about it on the podcast but you might you might have thought about this too right okay. being a non-meat eater right mm-hmm. have you ever found it interesting how much people freak out over animal cruelty right or mm-hmm. like like for domesticated animals mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right and then i'm like do you have any idea how many animals were killing? on a daily basis like isn't that dissonance kind of weird or am i looking at it in the wrong way no it's it's kind of weird it's just (laughs) it's it's just kind of common
1: um (laughs) so you know yeah of course i think about that all the time um where i'm like but how are you able to make this so tidy because this thing is fun but then you've like personalized these kinds of animals and you see yourself in them and you give Mm -hmm. them little voices and you have it and so it is interesting because we do this all over the place. It's like saying, oh, I don't care what my phone does. I don't care what my success does. I don't care what my clothes, are. I don't care. I shouldn't mm-hmm. have to care. And then we wonder where we get evil people from, you know, like <laughs> these, <laughs> these people that don't care. We're like, how can they not care? And we we have a million things that we just every day are like, I can't focus on that. I have to choose not to care. We've already answered. I'm not mm-hmm. saying that there aren't people who are out there very actively trying to destroy us you know, out of their own fear. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just that you do understand how some people are able to just turn some of this off yeah. and not pay attention because you do it. You you do it every single day. So let's not, you know, get all self-righteous about who's doing, what people are turning off, how they are complicit in these systems all the time. And these people that we keep calling them, they are still you. They mm-hmm. are still you, even if you sub demographic it and you're, you know, I'm just looking at black queer people who are de- there's st- the them is still me. So we keep recreating ourselves and calling it them. And mm-hmm. we, we do understand more of this than we're saying, because we do more of it than we're saying.
0: Yeah. And, and you know what? Like circling back to what we we're just talking about a little bit ago with like talking with people we didn't think we would talk to and trying to understand yeah. them and stuff do you do you kind of see that tying in together because when like because I, I agree like i you know i have to remember on a daily basis like i'm fallible i'm not perfect i do some mm-hmm. stuff like like you know even if i don't eat meat like i don't have a hybrid car or an electric uh-huh. car i don't uh-huh. drive a tesla you know so there's things where i'm not perfect but do you think having that self-awareness makes you a little bit more compassionate when talking to other people? Because you 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 can reflect and say, okay, I'm not mm-hmm. perfect. Maybe I could talk to somebody else and kind of yeah. cut them some slack. Meanwhile, I see people just kind of having that kind of moral, high, like, they're yeah. trying to act like they're on a whole moral high ground. So do you think that helps recognizing your own flaws and when it comes to talking with other people? It, it
1: helps, but I have to be <laughs> yeah. honest. I mean, it's a complicated life. So sometimes, sometimes I'm just judgmental. Like there's no way, like I'm going to wake up tomorrow and just be like, Oh my God, these people, it's going to happen. Um, I hope that it happens less. I think right now what I feel good at is like people's strong beliefs about other people and themselves. Um, that's the area I happen to feel closest to. Mm -hmm. And then I have romantic relationships, friendships, family members that where I am showing up not only as a person who realizes that they're flawed, but who's like actively engaging in that behavior still, you know, in an indulgent way. Um, So yeah, it's, it's helped, but I also don't want to say like, oh, I do these things politically this way. So it's bled over into every aspect of my life because I realized that people get to be the, no, Mm -hmm. you know, it, it has, it has helped, but I'm still feeling right all the time. Yeah. Um, being proven wrong so many times and i'm like how do you continue to believe what you're saying is like every six weeks it's like jill why how did we get here and yet here i'm on the next thing so i empathize with that i empathize with people being on a journey i wish that we could be more honest with each other i wish that i could tell people more about how ridiculous my life is over here so that i can hear about theirs i i miss people in this way um so, I feel close to people in it, but i'm 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 obviously still doing it, but I'm trying. and i I really yeah. relate to people's trying, like people that are just, no, I heard what you said, and I'm trying. And when I meet those people like, "No, I heard what you said, and I'm trying, I respect that. I think that's what we can do. And I don't think we should punish
0: ourselves for the impossible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah yeah no I, absolutely like uh you know we we all, all we could do is try sometimes during like certain days like i, I have to because trust me i can be judgmental as hell too and i'm like you know they're just they're just trying to get through the day and sometimes, yeah. I, sometimes I lie to myself i'm like you know this person maybe they just had like a crazy fight with their significant other or something maybe yeah. that's why they're being a dick in the grocery store or whatever it
1: it's something i mean it is something yeah yeah and, it's and we, something
0: yeah, because, you know, I, we we all have our updates and stuff like yeah. that. And yeah, but they, there's also some some great judgments that come out in, in your book, too. But sometimes we have to, like, judge others just so we can bring yeah. up a conversation, especially if we don't see it happening. But one of the one of the essays I was curious about, two of their one, that was like, I don't know if it was the title or just part of the essay, Dear Black Intellectuals uh-huh now what kind of what kind of inspired that like what were you looking at in the landscape yeah of that i'm really curious I, about so that was from like a
1: so in between the essays are like these little flashbacks from mm-hmm. my jealous black days and the dear black intellectuals is one because you know it's funny like these um we critique the systems and then the systems reward us award us degree us and then we say that the very thing that allows us to critique the system is the system and the (laughs) awards that it gave us the money that it gave and it's you know it's an interesting place to try to say like hey i know everything about the group that pays me Mm. what can that open up i don't know it was you know it's a it's a question and i think there was a hierarchy of like who gets to talk about race um, intellectually in this country, and as a person who barely made it made it out of high school, probably for boredom mostly, but still, sometimes math was genuinely hard. Um, yeah. You know, I'm not I'm not an academic. Um, I'm not coming from that place. I don't think people need to be so smart. I think they need to be more honest. Um, and I mm-hmm. respect people's. I mean, people are smart in a whole bunch of different ways, but we put them in a the hierarchy, and we like yeah. this kind more than that kind. So I think, you know, I've never claimed to, to come in. I don't have any footnotes in that book. I don't have any research that I had to do. Uh, mm-hmm. I even jokingly use like youth definitions in the book. It's like from Webster's Jr. or something because I'm just like, no, we're not doing this. The only thing I'm going to promise is this honesty about who I am. I'm not going to claim to know these other things. I do find it interesting that people take that knowledge to institutions mm-hmm. that they then turn around and say are bullshit institutions. Mm -hmm. i don't understand it so i'm not going to do it but somebody else might understand it and when i get to meet that person i'm going to ask them the right questions about it but until then especially then i was frustrated of course the critique is like oh you do this racial critique on the internet so therefore it is not as important it is not fine fair enough there's Mm -hmm. an algorithm there are other things but nothing is fair
0: yeah so i here's something that i i i think about, because I I hear some people say that and, and not just, you know, black intellectuals, but a lot Mm -hmm. of people where, where you kind of look at it and you're like, okay, but you're, you're joining this system. And some, some argue that they're like, well, I'm joining the system to repair it from the inside. (laughs) So what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on that? Do you think that if that is true, do you think that's a valid method to get change to happen? Trying to figure out if I've ever seen it. (laughs)
1: <laughs> like if, if I, I, I want to believe in it, mm-hmm. but I might be saying that cause I want money. Could be. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I don't know that I don't have to believe in that so that I can, you know, pursue my own ambition and mm-hmm. sleep at night. I don't know yet. Um, I'm trying, I'm genuinely trying to figure out if I've ever seen it because I'm so obsessed with the idea of like, Oh, don't be a sellout. Whatever you do, just don't be a sellout, which is a joke because I'm, in my own definition, I've been a sellout for years. But like, <laughs> when has that happened and you haven't gotten caught up in believing that you are more deserving, more worthy, mm-hmm. more intelligent, more of a big presence in this world than someone else? I've never seen it, you know? Then it becomes like, even spiritually, I believe I'm here to fulfill it. The, then you become big... Be- I've never seen it without some kind of ego developing. It's not always money. It, it can just be the power of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I see it, I tell you what, I will say it. I'm not yeah. going to be such a hater. I'd be like, no, I don't see it. And if I'm forgetting somebody, then I apologize to that person. Um, but I'm very interested in if people, I like to see people try it. Yeah. I like to see myself try it. Um, but who knows?
0: yeah yeah it's something I, I i get curious about i'm like is there stuff like behind the scenes that maybe i'm not seeing because i've never seen this like massive change like oh man here's the story of this person yeah. who infiltrated this like giant cup corporation oh. and got <laughs> him to you know give away all the profits to the homeless or something crazy right. like that.
1: without someone stepping in with a little more power than them and making sure that they yeah it real exactly
0: quick. uh-huh so I only got you for a little bit more time. But one of the All one right. of the other essays I I wanted to ask you about, you you have a whole a whole one on a friend of men, right? Uh-huh. And it sounded like that. I, I might be wrong, like on the you know, time frame, but it seems like that was like growing a lot of growing up, you know, with uh, men mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So I'm curious, like, has your like relationships changed or what you notice, or you know what I mean? Cause you, you know, yeah. I'm sure a lot of women reflect. On that and their relationships, or some hmm. maybe ignore it. I don't know. And I, I think I'm curious because I have many female friends. Yeah, so I yeah. try to make sure I'm not some of the guys you talk about.
1: You know, <laughs> so, I mean sometimes I'm some of the guys I talk about. Um, <laughs> that's how I got there. I I wanted to be fair about myself. It wasn't as gendered, I think, as some other things I've read about like Ooh. oh as a woman this I wanted it to be about me and my relationships and also why it shows them and how I show up in them um I'm also a sexist um so <laughs> I am um and then like what does that look like and how do I get away with it based on my identities and mm-hmm. I'm just you know when something's already been said I don't necessarily need to repeat it. I think that I would rather be like, oh, then what can I offer to this conversation? Mm. And a friend of men is like, yeah, I, I have a lot of men in my life and I'm, I'm curious about my own relationship with them. Um, and I'm also curious about, well, I mean, it's, it's a book about complicity. So mm-hmm. I'm interested what complicity looks like when other people say I don't have power. You know, like I Mm -hmm. don't have the power to be complicit. There's so many identities I have and they keep telling me I have no power to be complicit. I'm like, Mm -hmm. well, that's a nice life. I have no power (laughs) to be complicit. So all I have to worry about is what other people can do to me, not what I can do to myself.
0: Mm. And
1: um, yeah, it's an essay written out of curiosity and it's an honest curiosity. And I, I didn't want it to be a closed book essay. I wanted it to be a question of, can we complicate this in ways that feel safe for people? And also- who wins you know because when these do battle against each other what seems to be the elephant in the room is they'll start dismissing different points like different Mm -hmm. people's definitions of this and then we don't we don't have consensus that what do we have so you know it's it's not an answer but there are a lot of questions in there
0: yeah no absolutely and i i I think just you know wrapping this up that's one of the reasons i love like i've read I've read quite a few books. Not to lie, I can brag, imagine but, that you have. But I, I love when an author just looks at themselves. Like a lot of them are this very like analyzing everybody else and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And I, I think it takes even more for anybody to sit down and put something in public. Like, hey, I'm I'm asking questions about myself and where I where I fit in and like, am mm-hmm. I being a hypocrite? Like, yeah. like you mentioned, uh, you know, like hypocrisy like early and I'm like I, my main thing is like I don't want to be a hypocrite yeah right oh, like, yeah. That's, 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 so I've always asked myself I'm like am I doing this am I doing part of that <sighs> yes, and, yes, yeah and and there's only I think there's only a handful of books that I've come across and yours is definitely one of them where someone's I like looking it. at themselves you know so I love it. So okay. so Jill for those who have yet to read unfollow me mm-hmm. where is it? Is it is it, it's it's out but is it international is it just in the United States? Where can people get this book?
1: Yeah, I should probably have answers for questions like that. <laughs> I think you can get it everywhere. Uh, bookshop, you can get it mm-hmm. um, in your local indie store. If you can't, then maybe you should ask them for me. <laughs> uh, but it's everywhere. You know, it's showing up places. So it's it's um, Barnes & Noble. If you like Amazon and that's what you want to do, oh my. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I... You can find it everywhere. And you can also go on my website at com and find it there.
0: And that's the other thing I was wondering as I was reading your book, are you, do you like publish, like do you write on your, like do you have like a blog? Where can people keep up to date? Are you just saving it up? Are you working on, working on anything <laughs> else? Saving it up.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I, I I should say, I'm just saving it up, Chris. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, there's, I definitely want to keep writing these books. I imagine there will be more and more to admit to in my life. And um, I want to keep doing that in public. So yeah, there will be more as far as keeping up with me, social media at Jill Louise Busby. I'd like to be talking more. So the writing is great, but I also love to be in these conversations with people. Um, I think we're still at our best when we are interacting. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah I'm doing a lot of talks right now, and I'm having a lot of fun so all all through social media and dot com and and book number two it will it will be here shortly. Because I'm a, I'm a fast writer, so we gotta we gotta I, move. I, I love it. Yeah, I'm i I'm a fellow fast
0: writer, and I just yes. don't know where to put it all. So sometimes I know just you're just cranking
1: of the them path. out over there. I see you am like, <laughs> yeah. is this even humanly possible? Yeah, yeah. So
0: I, I, I gotta dial back this weekend. I'm chilling, watching some stuff and playing some video games with okay. the kids. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't burn out. Yes, but yes. uh yeah. Jill, thank you so much for for hopping on and and yeah, when the next book comes out. We'll be doing this again. We'll be doing it again. All right, everybody. That was my conversation with Jill. I hope you enjoyed it. And I told you, Jill is such a cool person and i'm so glad we got to touch on all those topics i could talk to jill for hours so yeah, i really hope you enjoyed it if you want to you know learn more about jill and dive into you know uh you know her personal experiences and her insight and everything make sure you grab a copy of unfollow me like we didn't even cover all the topics that she discusses and everything and i learned a ton i love reading personal essays just you know getting to hear about someone else's you know perception and their experiences and everything like that because that's how we you know get more connected and learn from others so head down to the description make sure you follow jill over on instagram grab a copy of her book all right but yeah before i let you go don't forget i have two brand new books and they're both free all right so head down the description grab your copies of rewire your life and share this Tell your friends about it, share all over the place and tell your friends to read Jill's book, all right? And if you're new, make sure you're following the podcast, make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss any upcoming episodes. And another huge thanks to Jill for coming on. And for all of you, have an amazing rest of your weekend and I will see you in the next one.